0: Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we intend to chew bubblegum and talk theology. And guess what? We're all out of bubblegum. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. And this is the Nerd Gospel Podcast. Let's get to the news. Uh, The first news item here on the agenda is that the Powerpuff Girls... Hmm. This is hard-hitting journalism right here. Yeah, The Powerpuff Girls have a new sister named Bliss. Is she happy? Are you familiar with the Powerpuff Girls, Jeremy?
1: I mean, from the commercials.
0: It seems that the Powerpuff Girls' scientist father... The brilliant Professor Utonium wow. made Bliss long, long ago with the same formula of sugar, spice, and everything nice. However, instead of the uh, the ingredient Chemical X, because that's what happens, he accidentally knocks over Chemical X. Okay. He added Chemical W, oh. which we know is not, it's, it's right. unstable. And right before X. Yeah, I like Poundbrook Girls. When I was growing up, I, I watched all those shows on Cartoon Network and stuff. Like, this was my afternoon, like, you know. What did you watch growing up? Not Powerpuff uh,
1: Girls. Yeah. I don't know. I grew up <laughs> a long up time ago. I just read books. Yeah.
0: Well, you grew up <laughs> as a powerful adult male. Yeah. I grew up as just a weak, weak, A child. A child. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, anyways, Powerpuff Girls is back, and Bliss is the new sister. So that's kind of a new element, for people, four sisters. That's interesting. Uh, John Stamos. Any Anytime I start an article with John Stamos, that's going to be good. Yep. John Stamos and Weird Al are going to star in Willy Wonka live smellorama sc- screening. Screening. Now, who do you think, if I just said John Stamos and Weird Al, who do you think is going to play what?
1: Uh, it seems like Weird Al would be Willy Wonka. You're wrong.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. John Stamos, oddly enough, is Willy Wonka. And Weird Al is going to be the Oompa Loompas. Oh. Yeah. Oompa I mean, he's, oh. He's playing all of the improvements. Like, I love Weird Al. My wife and I got the pleasure Uh of going to see Weird Al live in concert. And it was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, he should really be Willy Wonka. I know. I know. (laughs) Like, I read that and I was like, wait,
1: what? The Oompa Loompa (laughs) is like, he's super tall. Every time uh, I hear the name John Stamos, I can only think of when he was on the, uh, I guess the Tonight Show and they were doing the uh, celebrities mean, (laughs) read mean tweets. And he (laughs) reads a mean tweet where it says, uh, John Stamos has a weird belly button. And then he shows his really disgusting <laughs> belly button. One? And it, that's all I can think of. Oh, is, no, uh, I go look John Stanwell's got a weird belly button. Thanks for so. putting that in my head. Yep. Uh, Wait till you see
0: it. There's going to be special performances. This is during the Hollywood Bowl. So if you're like, where can I see this? Is the Hollywood Bowl? Mm -hmm. I don't even know where that is or what that is. It's just a bowl with a bunch of Hollywood. Just
1: Google it. We're not
0: featuring (laughs) live action performances from the actors in question. Mm, They're in question. Mm. Plus, complimentary scratch and sniff golden tickets. So you actually can like scratch them and sniff them. Okay. It'll somehow I don't know tie into it. Uh, Finn Wolfhard from It and Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. He's going to play Mike Wheeler. That's a great. That's actually a good casting.
1: Yep. That's
0: really good. And then you have Richie. Uh, oh, he's Richie from it. And then Charlie Bucket. Uh, that's who he's playing. Charlie Bucket. I don't know what, <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this. What on earth am I talking about? He's playing Charlie Bucket. And then Weird Al is, of course, all the Oompa Loompas. The only, the only thing that he should have been cast as.
1: Yeah. I guess. Well, not, except.
0: Not, not the clear. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Right. Uh, first Tomb Raider poster was revealed. I watched the trailer for it. I watched that too. Candor. did What did you think? It. It looks, it looks cool.
1: Okay. Right? It, I mean it looks it just looks like another movie. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, there was nothing that stood out to me like,
1: oh man, I have to see yeah. that. There's movies that I'm super excited to see, but yeah. that's not one of them.
0: No, that wasn't one of them. I think it'll be cool. It's better than Angelina Jolie like they, it was it was like sexy selling. That's what they were trying to sell with that right. one and you know. Uh yeah. It'll be better than that probably. Star Trek Discovery aired last night, the new Star Trek series. Oh. But there's not I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of hype about it. I haven't I had no
1: anything. idea what's happening.
0: I know. I know. So I, I've seen a trailer for it. It didn't get me excited either. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I'll watch it, but I is don't this know. on
1: network TV? Yeah, it's
0: on, I think CBS. Wow. Yeah? All right. So, anyways, Jason Isaacs is in it. But here's the kind of the interesting thing: they're not allowed to mention God on set. Why? It's kind of silly because Gene Roddenberry, the guy who created Star Trek, and envi- you know we talked a little bit about this in the past, but yep. he envisioned in the future a world without God. Hmm. So like Jason, Jason Isaacs, the guy who was Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. Right. He was on set and he said, for God's sake. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was as a cur- curse. And they said, Oh, you're not allowed to say that. Like they literally stopped him and got onto him and he goes, well, can I say for F's sake? Like right. a curse word. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Right. So jeez, oh, I know, I know. So, and, and you know, if they were stopping him and like, Oh, you cannot take our Lord's name in vain. You know, <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. So anyways, uh, I'll still watch the show. It's, you know, there'll be people who I'm not sure will boycott it just for that one singular reason. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. It'll probably be horrible. If it's horrible, then I'll boycott it for that. Uh <laughs> Musk Watch. Musk Watch. Of yeah. course, we're back. Of course. Elon Musk. He said this. And you can't, we can't make this stuff up. Every week we look up what is Musk up to. Yeah. And it's just the first quote hits us and it's hilarious. He says this. He says, super intelligent aliens are probably already observing us.
1: Now, I have a question. Yes. Why have the super-intelligent aliens not already been taken over by their own AI?
0: I don't know. Oh! oh. Musk! Because... That's, that's where
1: that goes. Aren't your maybe super they've already learned. Maybe they defeated AI. Yeah. They're okay.
0: so super-intelligent they've actually beaten super-intelligent AI.
1: Dang!
0: Aliens. I know. That's pretty incredible. Uh, so they're already watching us, the, or probably. I like how he hedged his bets. Like, they're probably
1: watching it. <laughs> Just like the world was probably going to end yesterday.
0: Probably, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the world was supposed to end, Planet X. Uh, but you know the, the big issue is about Planet X, Jeremy? What is it? Nobody's talking about Planet Y ah, or Planet Z.
1: Those come And next. those are
0: the real big <laughs> kickers. So if you're if you're wondering about those, they are going to come probably next September, 23rd. I don't know. Should sure. we'll be looking for that.
1: If you have no idea what we're talking about, you don't need to. It's you don't fine. need to. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it.
0: it. Nibiru. <laughs> Elon Musk is giving an update on SpaceX's Mars plans next week. That'll be kind of cool because if you forgot, he still plans to take us to Mars hmm. and start a colony there. He's obviously never seen the movie The Martian. Right. Because we already did that. And bad and stuff poor, happens. poor Matt Damon had to live there for a long time. and yeah. you know.
1: But luckily he's back and he's still you know, making movies.
0: That was a documentary. If pe- a lot of people didn't know that. That Mars Martian was a documentary. It's yeah. incredible. It was really good. Um, I found this cool Etsy seller. If they're listening right now, they owe me money for pushing them. <laughs> it's called Imagine Metal Art, all one word, Imagine Metal Art, and they make all these really cool creations. You have to, the reason I'm mentioning this, you have to go look at it. Okay. It's really awesome. And they have like an Eye of Sauron fire pit, so that flames shoot up, and right. like it looks like it's on fire, and then they have Oh, I've a, seen them, um, Yeah. Oh, my word. They have a Game of Thrones dragon flying in a pit that like spins around. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I can't, me describing it is not doing it justice. Yeah. So imagine metal art. Go check it out. It's amazing. Now it's super expensive, <laughs> as you would one would assume.
1: But if you have a passion
0: and you have seven hundred dollars, right? Then and you're like, if your two passions are Game of Thrones dragons and fire pit pitting and having seven hundred dollars, what would they, what would you call that? If you're if you love making a fire pit, what's your passion called? Fire pitting your backyard. I don't. Fire know. Pit. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm a fire pitter. <laughs>
1: I like digging pits. I don't and... think you can be that specific. I think you I just know, like a fire not, in the backyard.
0: All right. Uh, all right. That's enough news. Enough silly news. Uh, on to the main event. So we have been going through, if you've listened for a few episodes, mm-hmm. we've been going through creation, fall, and now we're on redemption. And then we'll finish it up with consummation or restoration later on. Yeah. So today the main event is redemption. Uh, and if you're a Bible nerd, you're going to really love this. You're going to be into it. Yeah. If you kind of hate these episodes that we do... Uh, put us on double speed and still listen, you know? Yeah. Like just li- or, or it's still, or one and a half. Yeah. One and a half. You're going to get some truth here. You're going to enjoy it. We You're, speak a little quickly. So yeah. two, two times might be too much. Yeah. It's very tenuous though. <laughs> our attachment. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So, so the main event is redemption. And basically what we're talking about here is God's rescue plan. When we talked about creation, we talked about sin and how God made everything good. Man screwed that up. Yep. And so the big problem is sin. Okay, that's the issue I asked my kids today we're recording this on Sunday afternoon and I asked my kids uh, I said when God you know wiped out the earth with the flood mm-hmm. why did sin not destroy did could swim could sin just swim really well and it was out there like you know like ah you know riding on the back of a fish and and my my students very wisely said no Noah was the sin the sin carrier yep and I said oh so so God should have just killed Noah Right? And they're like, Oh yeah, that made sense. So the so the issue is man is sinful and we're it's our human hearts. Um so so the big problem of the rescue plan, what is the thing that we had to be rescued from? It was sin, our own hearts. Uh salvation comes uh salvation from sin comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Yeah. And we'll kind of parse that out as we go through. So Jeremy, can you read we're gonna read a lot of scripture and just kinda chat about it? It's gonna be a really fun episode. Uh, if you have your Bible, pause this. Go, go grab your Bible. Uh, use it on your phone, whatever. We'd love for you to, to listen and follow
1: along. Yep. So. If you can see the word of God, uh, then you know we're not misrepresenting it. Yes. Uh, so Romans 3, beginning in verse 9, says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So people are mostly good? Would you say that? Uh, (laughs) There's been times in my life where I would have said that. uh, But I was wrong. Yeah, uh, people are not mostly good. People are not a little bit good. Through the grace of God, people are allowed to do good things. Yes, but if we were given over to our true desires, our true nature, you would find nothing but murder, blood, lies, and deceit.
0: Yeah, this is harsh language. When I reread it, yeah. uh, their throat is an open grave. Like that is ooh, right? That's poetry, man. That's yeah. that is amazing. They, they use only their death tongues to deceive. The venom of ass, like snakes, mm-hmm. is on their lips. James has the some of the fiercest language for the tongue. Yeah. Uh, who you know wield their tongues like swords and slice people up and and if you've known people who are gossipers or even yourself, mm-hmm. I've been a gossiper on the other end of this, you know, slicing people up. Yeah. Um, and so you feel it here. And so the problem is sin. Now what Jeremy just said a second ago is probably important to talk about common grace. Yeah. Very quickly. There's a difference between special grace and common grace, and common grace is what God gives to everybody. Right. And so the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Yes. So the serial killer still wakes up and enjoys a good shower, Big, right? You know, uh, right. rain shower. And he's, his garden still grows in the same way that the, you know, the saint, the saint's garden grows. You know, the, yeah. the little lady who helps out the homeless, her little garden grows.
1: And when you understand like your breath, the, the opportunity you have to breathe out and then breathe in, that's a common grace of God. And it's good. Uh, and that's something that God gives us. The the good acts that people do for each other, you know, when you got a line at Starbucks where everybody starts paying for the person behind them and that goes on for whatever record breaking awesome. amount of time, that's something that God gives us, uh, even though that's not our nature. Like there it's hard <laughs> it's especially hard for an for someone who doesn't believe in Christ to understand that everything that is good that comes uh from God, like you're you're receiving that moment to moment. These things are poured out on you, even though you deserve nothing but wrath and condemnation. Um, and again, we're, we're the same. The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is there's an extra measure of grace poured out that gives us a, a belief in Christ.
0: And the, and the Bible says that people will say, uh, I love the argument, it says it, some will say God is slow hmm. in doing his, either doing vengeance, doing hmm. his justice, or uh, in imparting grace to people. And in Peter it says, "No, God is not slow as some account slowness; rather, He is patient, not wanting any to perish." Right. And so you say, "Well, that's not fair. Why that is not fair? Why does the serial killer's garden get rain on it? Same way that little old lady, you know, her garden get gets rain on it." Well, God is all the goodness that He bestows upon people, all that common grace, is meant to turn you away from your sin, turn your eyes towards heaven. Fall at the feet of the cross and realize all the goodness that you have. Truly, the blessings that you have are a gift from God.
1: Yeah. And remember the little old lady who doesn't know Jesus and the serial killer who doesn't know Jesus. These, these folks are suffering from the same thing, which is rebellion against the God who created them. Their sin pours out in different ways. And maybe it's harder for us to see it in some than it is others. Yeah. Uh, but that sin is pouring out. And uh, there was a, I, I don't know where I remember this from, but there was an analogy about a, a root system. So if you've got a plant, and we'll call that plant sin, and it sticks into the soil, that root system is uh, is the same for everybody, but it may come out in different ways. You may say, see different things pop up above uh, the surface. If you think like a gnarled tree, like everybody's sin is going to look a little bit different. And some, we might think, is like super frightening, but everything that grows from that root system is an affront to God.
0: Yeah. All right, let me read the next part here. This is Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. It says, And you were... So notice the language here were you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience is talking about the devil among whom we all once lived we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now listen to the most power one of the most powerful butts okay transitions in all the Bible. so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love that uh, because we are close to the Reformation, and we're getting close to the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and I've been uh, kind of meditating on the solos lately, talking about grace alone, faith alone, and it's, it's wonderful when you read that and you just kind of go through that slowly, because the whole point is that the, the part that I am sinful and you are sinful, Jeremy, that's wonderful news because Jesus came to die for sinners. And so all I have to bring to the table when it comes to my own salvation is the sin that required Jesus to hang on the cross for it. So when I come to the table, when I come to the Lord's Supper, the communion, I bring all of my sin. I have nothing to bring of my own works, no righteousness. Uh, I bring dandelions and I go, look, Dad, my flowers. Look at all my flowers. Yeah. And they're weeds before the king. And he takes them and he gives me all of his righteousness, all of the, the good things uh, that the table
1: represents. Yeah. When you get to the great thing is this episode is a lot longer than yeah. what we've done so far, because when you read through the, that passage in Romans three uh, or that passage in Romans or in Ephesians two, that should drive you to despair. Like the idea of our true nature, that we are completely fallen, completely broken, completely sinful and in complete rebellion against our creator, if you just stop there, it is the most devastating truth. Yeah. But. But. God. God
0: being rich in mercy. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot more to this story and it, it reveals who God is and why we're, our, our true purpose is to worship him. Yeah. Uh, it's not because he's bigger than us, more powerful than us. It's because, but God being rich in mercy. Yeah. And all the things that he pours out to his creation, uh, despite them being dead in sin.
0: So yeah. So the first part, we're slaves to sin. So you have to imagine this like SEAL team six. We're we're captured. We are locked up. We're slaves to sin and we need SEAL team six. We need the best team. Yeah. We need the only person who could come in. This is Jack Bowers. Okay. <laughs> Jack Bauer, And he's gonna come in and he's gonna save us. And this is, so the next method of the rescue is incarnation. Okay. And by incarnation we mean Jesus, God in the flesh coming to earth. Yeah, putting on the flesh of a man during Christmas coming up. Oh, I can't wait for our episodes during Christmas. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Um, you have to imagine when you, when you read the Christmas story in, in new eyes with new eyes and you read the buildup and Luke mm-hmm. and oh, it's just so wonderful because you see that the King has now come to earth to challenge Caesar. Yep. Right. And that's really, when you put it in that perspective, there's a herald that, the angels are there heralding the king. He's come and only the true subjects will come and worship. And Caesar is tax You know, he's censoring the whole world. Yeah. And you go, Oh, he's going to you know, he's going to put out a census of the whole world. Really? He owns the whole world. No, mm-hmm. the true king who owns the whole world is a baby in Bethlehem. Yeah. Right. Whoa. I mean, it just blows your mind when you think about it. So we could not save ourselves. So God, the son became human, takes on flesh, redeems the image of God that we had tarnished, and he perfectly fulfills the law. And, and the interesting thing is we often talk about, we, we really, we're really good. If I go, Jeremy, why did Jesus die? We can, we can sit here and talk all day about that, right? Why did Jesus die? But an interesting question that Christians should ask themselves is why did Jesus live? Because, because he, he lived for 33 years yeah. from what we know. Yeah. Why, what? why did he have to wait so long? You know, And why is the Bible silent about 30-some years of his ministry, you know, what did he do during that time? So as we kind of talk about the incarnation, I want us to
1: think about that as we read right. some of these passages. So this is John uh, chapter 1, the beginning of verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
0: So that's John's prologue, mm-hmm. and I, whenever you read that, it's so great to read that next to Genesis yeah. 1, because you have, in the beginning, God. Mm-hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and John is bringing you back to that. And if, you want, if you're if you interested in this, what we're talking about, go back to our episode on creation, because yep. we go through how John is a retelling of the creation account yeah. through the eyes of Jesus, through the story of Jesus.
1: Yep. And John using the Word, that'll be capitalized in your Bible, because he's... He's not talking about the spoken word or, or something like that. This is a title uh, for kind of the origin of thought. And looking into that, the etymology of that word uh, that, that's translated as the word uh, is worth your time and very easy to do. So I would recommend that.
0: Yeah. And then it, then the big reveal is John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. So now the word that God used to speak everything into existence, we talk about ex nihilo, out of nothing, that God speaks everything to existence, Uh, he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, who is this word? Mm. And and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so John sets you up and he says, the guy I'm going to talk about for the next 20-some chapters here, that's the word. By everything that was spoken in existence, the one who holds all of eternity in his hand, he's got the whole world in his hand, Mm. that's who I'm going to be talking about.
1: Yeah. And so John get does ready. Th- that great kind of storytelling where you, you tell everyone where you're going and then you're like, just wait and see. Yeah. If you're a new
0: believer and you I often hear people go, where should I start? What should I do? Start through John. Yeah. Read John because it's a narrative and it's a beautiful story that ties. John does a really great job of tying the rest of scripture together, the Old Testament, especially, mm-hmm. and showing how Jesus correlates um, this is not some made-up story. I-, I always think it's funny when people are like, oh, these just all these books and, you know, 40-something people wrote all these different books and stuff. Every All these books tie together. Yeah. It-, it has one author, and
1: that's God himself. Yep. So chapter 4, verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father.
0: So why did Jesus have to live? That's an interesting question. The fullness of time had come. Jesus came to earth at the specific time when Caesar was came, ruling, right? Caesar was there. And Jesus lives 30 years fulfilling the law, mm-hmm. pushing back sin, never once succumbing to sin. And and you go, well, why did he have to live? Well, he had to fulfill the law for us perfectly. Yeah, And he had to redeem... The image of man right because we had we had lost it we had tarnished it
1: through our sin yeah and remember the the condescension of God we you know sometimes I think we separate even as Trinitarians we separate the idea that Jesus is Jesus and God the Father like you know their relationship and we separate that in a way that we shouldn't while they are separate in personhood this is God putting on flesh to come and be with his creation and not be with it like as the ruling king, like he will be one day, but to come as a servant. Uh, in our sermon today at, uh, at the church we attend, we were talking about the, the washing of the feet. Maybe that was in Sunday school. I might be mixing things together. <laughs> um, but Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. I mean, that is this small picture of what he's doing for all of us. Taking our dirty, nasty feet yeah. and lovingly cleansing us.
0: And listen to this now. Hebrews 2. This hammer's at home. This is the nail in the coffin. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, "...since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself," talking about Jesus, "...likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect." Mm-hmm so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. And so when we say that Jesus was uh, a man put on flesh, we're not joking. Right. We're not kidding around. There are many religions who uh, believe Jesus was a spirit man, spirit creature. Mm -hmm. He wasn't really there. Um, There's a lot of heresies that revolve around this. We we say that Jesus was a real man, mm-hmm. that he really died on the cross. He didn't fake die. He really was buried, and he really rose from the dead. Yeah,
1: that's what we say. Yep. And the other side, uh, particularly in Islam, they believe in Jesus, uh, but they believe he was a man, yes. and nothing, nothing more. He was a great man, a prophet, blessed by God, uh, but that he was not God. Uh, and we, as Christians, believe both sides of that because the Bible tells us that God is both fully God. And fully man, and that means the significant things.
0: And the and the good news. So why did Jesus live? Like it's great news that he died for us, but it's really really good news as well that he lived for us as yeah. well. Because the fact that Jesus lived for thirty years, I'm almost thirty. I'll be thirty next year. Mm-hmm. That means he knows what it's like to be thirty. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like yeah. he knows what it's like to be a man to experience my temptations, my flaws, my weakness. Um, did Jesus ever stub his toe? He probably knows what that feels like. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just because Jesus was perfect, it doesn't mean he didn't experience what we experience, yeah. right? Just without sin, mm-hmm. perfectly without sin. Yeah. And so you have to understand like when he says, when the Bible says he can sympathize with your weaknesses, that's, that's real. And so he knows what you're hurting. He knows your burdens. He knows, he knows what you're feeling. Not only does he know what it feels like, he created you. Yeah. And so ladies, like, well, he, he, you know, he was a man. He never knows. He he can never know what this feels like. No, no. He made you. Yeah. And the intimacy of that making is ridiculous. It, it talks about how God knits us in our mother's womb. And the, every time it talks about God and his people, it talks about him knowing us. And the idea of the word knowing there is almost like a relationship between a man and a wife, knowing each other, intimately knowing each other to the point where when it says you are united with Christ, we are one with Christ. Yep. And not only that, we share a bond as brothers and sisters through Christ, so that we are we are truly uh, unionized with one another. We're a mystical union with one another. So the per- first problem is sin, the the Jack Bauer of that situation to come rescue us is the great Jack Bauer, right? If we were writing the Bible <laughs> nowadays, we would say, the book of Hebrews would say, the greater Jack Bauer. I hope not. Um, oh, no, I hope terrible. not either. That would be awful. <laughs> uh, so Jesus is the one, that and so how does he do it by incarnation, by taking on flesh? Mm-hmm. And so who is Christ then? Who is that Redeemer, the second Adam? Yeah. Um, let's,
1: let's learn about that. Uh, so Jesus came as the second Adam, uh, restoring God's original purposes for mankind as displayed in the Garden of Eden. Uh, so that's going back to our conversation on the fall. Yep. There's There was a purpose set out where Adam was supposed to be a corporate head for all of huma- humanity. He was supposed to be fruitful and multiply, and we were supposed to have this perfect world where all of mankind served God perfectly, as it makes sense that they should yep. do. Yeah, <laughs> because God and he multiplied, perfect. and then he ate the fruit instead, yeah. of, <laughs> instead yeah. of being fruitful. So Adam failed, and we needed a new a new head if we weren't going to follow our our old head, our old team captain into hell, uh, then we would need to be under a new head in Christ. Yeah. Christ could be the redeemer for Adam as well, I assume. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the cool thing about this too is we talked about this in the past, uh, we talk about typology mm-hmm. where there were types and shadows of Christ beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how Jesus, when he comes on the scene, not only is he represented as our second Adam, He's represented as um, the better Moses. He's the better priest, the better prophet, the better king. Mm-hmm. When he's tempted in the wilderness, but uh, Satan tempts him in the wilderness, he's the new Israel yeah. who's tempted for 40 days rather than 40 years, mm-hmm. right? While Israel complains in the wilderness about food, Jesus doesn't have any food for 40 days. No. Uh, Satan comes to him and he tempts him and he rebukes him with scripture. From from Deuteronomy, yep. only from Deuteronomy,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: From the same passage dealing with the in the Israelites. So so he's the better Adam. He's the better Israel. He is the true son. Yep. He is the true king. He's the better David. He's the better. I mean, I could go all day long and about the, who he is. Yeah, the better, the new covenant. The new covenant. He is, the, you know, he's the better covenant. He's the, the covenant of grace. He, it's just, it's amazing what Jesus does. And so it's one thing for people to go, well, you know, Jesus, he's just all, he's all love, man. He's all, no, he's king. Yeah, he's the king and and psalm 2 you must kiss the king lest lest kiss the son lest he be angry he's the king and we must serve the king and so the king comes jesus this is first corinthians first first corinthians (laughs) first corinthians uh 15 20 through 22 it says but in fact i love this but in fact christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep for as by a man came death so that's adam Mm -hmm. by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead for as in Adam all die so also in Christ all
1: shall be made alive. Yeah, so it's just talking about the the uh headship that there's this there's this thing that God does where he shows the, the whole story in one person. And the reason he's constantly showing us that story as related to one person, so whether that's in Adam or it's in Noah or it's in Moses, we constantly see this one person that he focuses Joshua, on. Joshua, Joseph, David, yeah, Solomon. Yeah. All of that one-person thing is to point us to the actual story, which is there's one person who saves us, and that's Jesus Christ.
0: And it's to cause us to long yeah. for something better. Yeah. Yeah. If you read the Old Testament, you go, you get so excited. You're like, oh, man, this guy's this is a good king. Finally, we got it, baby. We got the king. This is the one prophesied. And he fails miserably. Yep. Yep. And you go, next guy. Oh, please come in, next guy, next guy. You know, And all throughout, there's this repetition in the book of Kings, mm-hmm. uh, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. He did not follow the footsteps of his father. He did evil inside the Lord. Did evil inside the Lord. And it's it's so depressing. Yeah. Because I have this pride in me too as I'm reading it and I go, I would have done better. Right. Come would on have, guys. Give me, come on. I would have done better. I would have done better. Uh, and then you give me absolute power and I probably would have taken over the world, you know. Yeah. Uh so Romans 5:14 yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type, there it is, a type of the one who was to come a type and a shadow; it was not fully revealed. And so, when Jesus shows up on the scene, it's all supposed to go, oh, you know, click. It's all supposed to click in place. And the interesting thing is that Jesus shows up, and it doesn't click in place. Yeah, but it, but it, but for the people who you wouldn't assume it does, mm-hmm.
1: right? Because they're expecting Israel to exactly. now be ruled by a king, for Israel to basically be supreme in the world again, as they see it, and uh, and now this permanent kingship is going to rule over everything in our current state and the people
0: who should recognize him the priests mm-hmm. the the rulers the syn- people of the synagogue and all that stuff they don't they don't they don't recognize him and not only do that they want to kill him immediately right. pretty pretty quickly on despise him despise him they hate what he's about and so he comes to the prostitutes and the sinners the tax collectors right he they even get mad at him and go well he eats and he eats with sinners yeah who does that we have you know none of us are sinners they, you know you can't do that so let's keep going. So the, the last little bit here then is the cosmic scope of the rescue. This is uh, what Jesus has done now through his incarnation, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. Christ's work affects not only our human spirit, but our entire human nature and even creation itself. Mm-hmm. So can you read that first part there? Yeah, this is
1: Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, This is Jesus. whether on, he- on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So let me put out a heresy real quick oh, uh, before we get started. Oh, put it down? Yeah. You're not going to submit we, one. Yeah,
0: I don't want to put one out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when we say the firstborn of all creation, mm-hmm. Jesus was not born. Right. Okay. Uh, not in the sense that we're talking about, right? Jesus is part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit. They've been from all existence, from all... Et- they, there is no beginning to them. Yes. So when we talk about the Son being begotten, not made what we're saying is that as long as we've known he has been the Father, Son, and Spirit, That's how they know each other. It's how the Trinity knows each other in one purpose, one substance, one essence. Uh, so he's not made. When Jesus came to earth, his flesh was made. Yes. And if you think about it, it's really crazy to think that Jesus made his own flesh and sustained his own flesh, the yeah. Son, right? right? The, the father, the God the Son. So let me put that heresy out because there are some people who go, oh, well, Jesus, it must be that he was made. and that, that There was a time when he was not. Right. That's what they say. Uh, we would say there was a time when he never was not. Okay? Yes. He was there always. Was never a time. He never, was never a time when he was not. Right? right. He was always existent. Uh, he is the word.
1: Yeah. And we need to do an episode on time because I think yeah. that gets confusing. But G- God, the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit existed before they created time. Eternity past.
0: Yeah. As we call
1: it. And that doesn't mean that they were sitting around for a long time before they created time. There was no time. So the first thing before creation, which was in the beginning, that was the first act. Yeah. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were in perfect communion in a dance that was had no time or step of just loving one another, and then the first thing that God did was was create.
0: And he made angels sometime in there, too. Sometime in there, outside, too. But, outside of time, you know? Eh,
1: I, Who knows? I think creations I think angels are in time. But we you can talk so? about that in angels oh, and Demons. Time's
0: long time. Oh, that's right. Come on. Teas, <laughs> teas, tease, tease. We're full of teas. We're just a bunch of Well, teasers. we actually have a plan. So <laughs> that's right. We do have a plan. Isaiah 55, 7 through 13,
1: 13. Would you read that 13? I will. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off.
0: So all of creation will rejoice and will be redeemed and will be redeemed. So if you are a big person whose climate change is your thing, uh, it's It's all going to be fixed. That's right. It's all going to be fixed.
1: Now we're stewards of the world now, yeah. so we did, we should do our part. Uh, but God will not leave leave things broken. Yeah, God will yeah. fix all things. He will make all things new. Yeah.
0: If you're if you're listening to this, I want you to listen to a very important part of the, what Jeremy just read. It says that God's word is like the water of the sky, right? The rain from the sky. Mm-hmm. It will not return void. And so you may listen to these episodes and be like, oh, more Bible episodes, <laughs> or, or maybe you love these episodes. I don't know. But what I want you to understand is that by us giving you the truth and reading the scripture, our our prayer is that this passage would ring true and that it would not return void, but that the the words and uh, the spirit would rest on your heart and would cause something to grow there and would turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. That's why we do this. That's why we spend hours of a week, you know, uh, talking and doing these things because we love you. We love you guys listening to this and our heart is with you. Um, And so that is our prayer. And and if you've listened to this and you thought, well, you know, I don't know. Listen, sin, look in the world. Hmm. Look, you know something is not right. There has to be an answer for the evil in the world. And we're telling you the answer is Jesus Christ who loves you, who died on the cross for your sins, took my sin and Jeremy's sin. None of us deserved any of it. Not one of us deserved any of it. And He loved you so much and He's patient with you and my, my, my prayer is that you would not test his patience today. So if you hear this, if you hear my voice, uh, let today be the day when you, when you cry out to him and when this word uh, takes seed in your heart and grows. Creation is groaning for the sons and daughters to be redeemed, and we groan with it, and the spirit groans in our hearts, uh, but consummation is what we long for. We wait for the, re- wait for the rest- restoration of all things. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that episode in time. <laughs> so anyways, let me, let me finish off with the passage here from Romans eight, 22 through 25 for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now we see this with hurricanes and earthquakes and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we were saved now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with it for, with patience. Yep. And I'm impatient hmm. and I don't want to wait sometimes. Uh, and as, as silly as it is, it would have been nice if the world ended yesterday. Uh, but I know that's not God's plan and there's still much work for me to do and much work for Jeremy to do yep. and for you to do. Yep. So we work and we go out and we spread the gospel. And we tell the good news that Jesus loves sinners; He loves them, and He died for them. So, if you're a sinner and you're listening to this, man, it's good. We got good news for you. Hmm. If you're not a sinner, if you're uh, perfect and you got it all together, it's probably not the podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, Jeremy, any last thoughts?
1: Uh, Ephesians five, yeah, uh, it says uh, real briefly. This is this is what what Heath's plea uh, just was to you. It says, "Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead." and Christ will shine on you. Mm.
0: Let him shine on you today. It's, it's a glorious radiance. I'm getting a tan. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy.